Yeah, I agree that uh, in uh, education it's getting better in this way. But where it's, uh, I, I see it's getting worse, it's in the orchestras. Because, uh, let's be honest, uh, most young musicians face enormous pressure, especially nowadays due to this pandemic and, and also before. It's not easy to find, you know, permanent job and when some young musician substituting or on the trial period, it also gets so big pressure because um, you start to feel in pain just psychologically because it's so big pressure. And if you ad- admit it at your workplace, then you're just afraid that you kicked out. Yes, but you need to also, you need to ask yourself a question where this pressure comes from. Because most of the time, most of the time is uh, it's a combination of a low level of self-esteem and not believing in yourself and being very, how to say, very uh, easily to manipulate by other people. So actually, first, what young players have to work on is, uh, I mean, they should start from themselves. So uh, trying to really to learn every day how to how to, of course, not to be, uh, um, uh, I'm missing again, I'm missing a very important word, but how, um, how to believe in yourself without being, um, uh, egoistic in a way, or, you know, like walking around with this feeling, oh, you know, I'm the best and you have, you guys have no idea. And, you know, actually I, because I, I have seen a lot of this kind of attitude of, from, from the musicians in the orchestra, like, you know, people saying, you know, I could have easily done a great career and playing uh, with, as a soloist with great orchestras or having my own string quartet, but I've decided to uh, become an orchestra musician and, and, but actually if I don't want to, every day, every single day I can start my solo career. So if you feel like this, why don't, why didn't you start? <laughs> so what, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. And I, I would also say that for, for many years, playing in an orchestra was was like a second level category of musicians. Yeah, so if, like if you didn't achieve uh, a, like a success uh, as a soloist, then you have to go to the orchestra. And then the, there is a third level. Then you switch to viola, and then <laughs> the fourth level is like you are dead. <laughs> so this is this is um, very uh, ugly, ugly way of of putting people in different categories but it's it's it exists it exists until until today and the the thing is okay do you want to function in this in those category lives or you really you know your uh, value you know your um um your great um values of being a musician of being a violinist and you know there is still a lot of things you have to work on of course but also you need to learn how to work with other people because that you you are functioning in a system of certain section yeah so if you're in the violins or flutes or trombones or cellos you you need to collaborate with with people so the pressure 
comes sometimes from not being able to communicate with people. And if you have problems with, with uh, you know, just simple, simple conversations or just saying hello in the morning or uh, somebody is, you know, giving you hard time, which obviously you don't want to have, <laughs> then uh, you always have a choice of how you react to that. If you go like a, like a snail back to your little house and then you stay there and always say sorry and, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I didn't know, oh, sorry, uh, yes, I don't know how to play this, oh, please show me. Um, or you go to another extreme, like, oh, you guys have no idea. You know, once I've been in New York and then I've played in this orchestra and though every, everybody played downboard there. So why, why you, you guys must be, you, you must be really crazy. Apple here? No, in New York, they don't play Apple. I have seen that. And, you know, so there are so many different personalities in, in those uh, systems of, of the orchestra. And, from my from my observation, um, it would be so much easier for everybody if people would, you know, treat themselves first and your colleagues with much more of of uh, gentleness and and understanding and simple enthusiasm. Like you meet your colleagues in the morning and you don't have to be happy to see them. But, but, you know, just to smile, to say, hello, how are you? And, you know, to keep it, keep it really cool. It will be much easier for everybody. Right. 12th of March was the date, what they called in Finland, Vosi Hiljai Suta, or a year of silence. Even before pandemic happened, as Clyde Sahachi said in our podcast, it was not great situation for classic musicians. Given that, how, in your opinion, we can not just survive but prosper in the modern world? Hmm. Well, that's a very that's a that is sad conclusion, and also um, I would. I would put another question. So today I have so many questions. Uh, although I should be giving answers, but all I do is just putting out another another questions. It's like you know where the classical music is going. Like who do we want to be as musicians? How do we want to serve our our societies? Uh, what do we want to deliver? to the to the to the world and what are the the ways how to reach our our audience our our public and of course the pandemic um made it even more complicated but i would say it's also a good moment for the whole industry to to slow down and really think of all the black and or bad sides of the industry of what like of this kind of a bubble that classical music created at some point being something completely exclusive only for for a certain part 
of the society of the of the higher level of the of the society of um, artists musicians being completely not uh, available for others yeah so you, you, you see all those great artists and you you have no idea about who they are where they live what are their daily problems and it's kind of something in between being a human being and, and a god so that's where you know artists used to put themselves like half half human half god yeah like we are much better than a normal person who is going to penny or to aldi or whatever uh, uh, food market um and doing this we we excluded from from our audience from our society people who would be very very happy very uplifted very very excited to have this opportunity to to live their life with classical music but not by doing by by putting the classical music even in a more um uh far away direction that you know tickets are much more expensive and uh artists are, are getting incredibly high uh fees uh for for their performances uh so that like smaller festivals can never really afford um a great great musician because they will never ever be able to pay this kind of incredibly uh, huge amount of money uh for the artist to perform so i would say the pandemic uh gave the chance from what i i i, I spoke about in the beginning to open up our industry to take all the musicians of course, not everybody, but those who want to take from, take them out from their houses, to to let them speak, let them talk, let them communicate with people. You've seen so many uh, probably if if you are in a social medias, probably you've seen so many artists that now have their Instagram account and uh, a fan page on Facebook. They put some, I don't know, really crazy photos of the cake they, they've just made. I'm not saying this is this is import, more important than great performance of a Tchaikovsky concerto, but but in a way, artists started to to come closer to their audience and um started to communicate in a better way like hi my name is blah 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 i do this and that and next week i have i will have a stream so please watch me uh and then the link is down here you can click in here yeah so 10 years ago that would be impossible for most of the artists to to um to record the video like this but now we have to adapt and i think this is this is a great chance this is a great i would say a lifetime chance and if we miss that chance then we are we are done because if some something will be in trouble i mean economically then on the first place it will be a culture because that's the first thing that people will cut off from their daily budgets and also from the governments like you know we don't need 25 philharmonic orchestras or symphonic orchestra let's leave three and 
if somebody wants to listen to the music, they can always come and listen. The rest will be online stream. So if we don't really work on our audience, if we don't really build this communication with our audience, if we don't open up, if we don't start to speak the same language as our audience speak, um, we will lose it. We'll really lose it and nobody will really want to, to follow what we do and therefore the value of what we do will com- go much, much lower and at, the, at some point will be just not needed because people will create something else. I mean, look how much competition we have these days for the free time. Like how, like how many options you have if you have an hour which you would probably want to spend, let's call it a free time. How much option you have to choose from? And I'm not saying, I'm not even taking into uh, consideration some useless things, let's say only of those of great value, yeah? So sometimes I can't decide, like, okay, I don't know what what I will do if I should watch some stream, if I should like read a book, there is another great play which is streamed online there, or if, if, if I would just, I don't know, write a diary, I don't know, or I practice violin. I, there's just so, so much options. So we need to stay attractive for, for ourselves and we need to really work on, on how, he, how we reach the audience. Otherwise, whatever was said before will end up as a, as a disaster, just a simple disaster for the industry. Well, in general, how do you think why culture is matter for society well from a lot of a lot of points of of view um and now i i forgot was it the winston churchill or margaret thatcher uh somebody of them really forgot said that i think i think it was churchill because I, uh, you you Cameron, and was mentioned in ah, our podcast <laughs> ah, okay okay so, so you know what i want to say yeah so yeah. Uh, like from from so many centuries all the wars were being taken and happened but what was the most precious that people tried to um to protect was always the culture so the cultural life the cultural roots because this is for our for our human side such an important part so we we know where we come from we know what are our roots we um even right now you know there is an easter coming and the easter time is so much different in many places in the in the world so we vary so much but it's all connected to our cultures uh, cultures and where it comes from it was it based on 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 um on our religion was it based on on a tradition or on a history and all this kind of all this kind of thing so it's not only of course music theater uh, painting um uh, sculpturing and and uh, all different ways of art because especially nowadays there are so many new i would say new uh, uh branches of of um uh, art like visual art 
uh, oh, dancing, of course, that's that's very 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 old one. But visual art, um, uh, interactive art, and all these kind of new things which were uh, created, and the art, the creativity, is one of the most important thing in in everyday's life. So, as I was saying, if if we would just you know wake up in the morning and do always the same thing same things in the same order in the same with the same feelings with the same like we don't need humankind we can easily replace ourselves with robots and i don't know do whatever <laughs> so so um also art and culture is one of the very few things which is left in the world which can't be um, driven by the artificial intelligence. And some people say that the danger of an artificial intelligence is these days uh, probably the most, the high, like the highest on the priority list or together with the climate changes and um, uh, wars on, based on the, on the religion. But um i strongly believe that that as much as you know robots will not be able to play sibelius concertos with so much passion with so much uh individuality and and emotions and uh sensitivity then we have a reason to live otherwise look like so many so many things will be soon replaced you you can we can see this already in like in shops for example yeah you don't you rarely go to pay um uh with a lady or a man which is counting your your cashier, things yeah. yeah cashier exactly mostly you go to the to the self cashiers and then you do it yourself checking uh desks at the airport same thing or buying uh, uh train tickets mostly we do it uh online we don't go to the to the window to the little little place in the train station mostly we come already with with our tickets so there there will be so, so many jobs or so many positions that that will be uh, useless um for for humankind and therefore, maybe we will have more time to do great things or bad things. I don't know. Let's let's hope that it will be great things. But um, that's why I think the culture has its own power because it's not going to be, it's not possible to be replaced by the artificial intelligence and by any robots. But don't you think that we are losing human connections uh, with this all? development absolutely not because it depends how you use it if you use it in a in a way that it helps uh in everyday life so for example all this uh um email system which we all hate yeah like we all have to deal with so many emails every day but on the other hand if you would have to go to every single time to the post office and buy an envelope write a letter put a stamp and then communicate with all of those people you would lose so much time for unnecessary things so for example all these emails or facebook like the messenger whatsapp or like internet communicators that that saves so much time. And the only problem is like 
is because it's pr still pretty new, we still didn't learn how to use it in a smart way. So we lose so much time for something that could be done in a, such a quick way. And, and maybe this is, this is the problem of, of but more of our, our disability to use these things, use, use these achievements of technology uh, rather than the technology itself, because I find all the progress extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, you are playing uh, Nicola Galliano violin, right? Yes. How important is to have a good violin and do you like your violin? Well, first of all, it's not mine. It belongs to Anna-Sophie Mutter. It's her, her own violin. When she was very young, she, she started her career with uh, Karajan and all the recordings for Deutsche Grammophon, Mozart concertos, uh, Brooke Mendelssohn. That was, that was the violin. And it's on, on loan um, since a few years right now. I love this violin. This, this violin has a history, has a soul, and, and it has such a, a personal voice, which, which I personally love. And it, it is a pleasure to play this violin. Of course, it's not a Stradivari, it's not a Guarneri, it's not Guadagnini, it's not the, the, like, the most uh, uh, famous of the instruments in the, in the world. But the thing is that I've been playing a Stradivari for nine years. Um, and of course, it was, a, it was a great time, but in a way I could never really find um, a good how to say good connection, like a um, unspoken connection, something something which will be um, very very intimate between me and the instrument. It was a great violin, absolutely a fantastic instrument with incredibly ugh, like powerful G string, a beautiful E string, and and uh, not easy to play but bearable to 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 play. And after those nine years, of course, I was very sad that I have to I had to give the violin uh, back to the foundation in in Germany. Uh, but since the day that I gave back the Stradivari, I've never really uh, um, missed the sound i've never really missed the, the instrument itself and the one that i have right now is you know it's like a soul like a matching of souls sometimes it's as as simple as that like it doesn't have to be the the, the best thing is i guess it's the same with cars or with shoes or it doesn't have to be the like newest model or the most um uh, expensive one it just have to be this kind of shoe that you put your feet inside and you feel okay this is the the right the right one this is the one i feel comfortable and this is the one i want to spend my life walking in these shoes mm -hmm. yeah maybe for and of our interview, you can recommend some interesting books to read and maybe some wishes to our audience. Well, I mean, there are so many, really so many great, great books which are which are written about uh, everything. I would say everything. So in my opinion, I, I don't try to limit myself to any single topic. So if I get a recommendation of a good book and 
most of all, all the recommendations I find on Instagram. I just follow a few profiles on Instagram, which uh, they are in Polish. So mostly I read books in, in, in Polish. Um, but from people that I really trust, they, they, they really know a lot about, you know, all these newest books and publishing. So whatever they, they recommend. Until now, uh, there was not a single one book which was a waste of time. But in terms of um, uh, books which are strictly about violin or music, I love a book with, uh, of, uh, I think it's Arnold Steinhardt, Indivisible by Four. It's about uh, playing the string quartet, about playing them in a ordinary string quartet. An unbelievable book showing how, how um, a musician's life looks like and a lot of, you know, you love uh, the stories and you laugh a lot of a lot about their their uh, sometimes completely crazy um, uh, moments of their careers. Uh, my first seventy nine years uh, of uh, Isaac Stern, another great book that I love. Uh, there is a, also a very small book, uh, the vi- the oh, the violin, how I teach the violin of Leopold Auer. Uh, yeah, my, my my school of the violin or something like this. Something like this. Yeah, my my school of the violin playing. I I have yeah, yeah. Over, over. a little little book, <laughs> very nice, very nice book, very easy to read. There is another, uh, of course, I love the Galamian, the uh, Ivan Galamian, the art of playing the violin. It's uh, I've read it few times, and every single time I discover something new there. So, so this is this is another great uh, great example. Uh, there is a book by uh, I think Olivier Bellamy uh, of the uh, biography of Marta Argerich. Uh, she she didn't she never said she liked it, but uh, it's a great book. It's a great book to to read. Um, many conductors, especially uh, Bernstein or Barenboim, they also wrote great books about music. So it's, you know, if you have a little bit of time, it's also interesting to read. But I would say um, rather than just choosing books, it's better just to read. Because if you read first 20, 30 pages and you decide, okay, this is a really bad book, I don't want to continue, then you just, you know, put this book or give it to your neighbors and don't waste time. But uh, don't limit yourself to to um, to only one, um, how to say one branch or one direction of, of, of reading because whatever I read which is not connected with the music or with the violin playing actually gives me much more like it opens up my my horizons my um, my imagination first of all my imagination and um, I think imagination and creativity is most important for to be a great musician so uh, whatever stimulate my imagination, is actually a great, great thing. Sometimes can be a great series on Netflix, which also I love and I, I enjoy uh, spending time. Uh, the uh, Casa de Papel, uh, the Spanish series, the uh, House of, no, not House of Cards, uh, uh, Casa de Papel, you know, about the Madrid um, uh, robbery of a bank. It's actually it's it's really it's a great it's a great series. Now I'm watching like waiting for the fifth episode. Um, no fifth series. There will be another five or six episodes. Anyway, um, 
find something what interests you, find something what, you know, what gives you the pleasure of doing it, what you feel has a value and what, what, you know, gives, gives some interesting perspective to your day, because also I try to read in the morning. So, so whatever I read, also, um, I have time during the day to think about because if if I read in the in the night, then probably I just fall asleep and that's it. <laughs> and I always like to to think a little bit about you know um, what what I've just uh, read. And reading in the morning has for me much more sense because then during the day I can still come back to what I and you know also I don't read that long. Maybe it's ten pages, fifteen pages not half of the book at once because I don't have time for this, but just a little bit so that you catch some new idea of the, of the day. Also, which makes you uh, get up out of bed in a much nicer way, because this is the most difficult moment of a day for me, just to take the decision to get up. (laughs) I can stay in bed until I don't know, four or five in the afternoon. I can do a lot of things. I can, uh, write emails, listen to music, uh, work or uh, read something and do absolutely most creative things. But I just hate the moment of getting out of the bed. <laughs> so reading, reading, if I read something really exciting and then I know, OK, I have to I have to really think of this uh, during the during the day makes makes it at least for me easier to take the decision. Yeah, I agree. For me, it's also books which are not connected with music opened mind the most and also from myself i can recommend a very great series i'm now watching it's called for all mankind ah yes i've heard of it yeah it's it's amazing and i really highly recommend thank you i'll put it on my on my long list of <laughs> of series which hopefully maybe now in some free time uh, I'll be able to watch, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I thank you, Agata, for this great interview. It was very intense and very interesting. <laughs> yes, very intense. I agree. But no, thank you. It, it was a, it was a great, a great also time for me just to you know sit and think and talk a little bit, maybe not a little bit, maybe talk a lot <laughs> about <laughs> some things. But also it makes you know. It, it helps to get things much more clear in your head once you say out uh, things. So, so thank you for for this opportunity because again today I I, I cleared a lot of things with myself. <laughs> I had this opportunity. Yeah, and to our listeners, follow up this channel. I will try to make you some new nice interviews. Very yes. much, very highly recommended, and I will definitely also um, uh, share the information in in my social media so everybody can can really profit from from that. And if you are still listening to us, please share that with everybody who you think it will have some value and somebody might profit from just from listening to our conversation. Ah, amazing ending! <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you thank you.